What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Cameron, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. It's been about a week, I believe, since I have uploaded one of these podcasts, um, and that is because it's been a week since United drew one all with Chelsea. It's been a massive week, so there's a lot to get through, and I do apologize for not uploading an episode after the Arsenal game. This time of year is just chaotic. Uh, there's a lot going on, and with Premier League or United playing twice a week for the next three to four weeks... Uh, it's going to be difficult to get a podcast out after each and every one of them. I'm going to do my best, but otherwise some of them may come every game or two, uh, depending on the structure and the fixture and I guess what's kind of going on in my own life at the same time. But again, so today's a double header: Manchester United and Arsenal, and then this morning's game of Manchester United versus Crystal Palace, both of, both of which at home. Um, and also don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram.com forward slash Red Devil Roundup and Twitter.com forward slash Red Devil Roundup as well. Posting regularly, whether it's kind of podcast promotions or just anything Manchester United related um, or general football content. So yeah, constantly on those. So by all means, give us a follow or have a look and let's get into the content. So essentially the end of last week, uh, Manchester United beat Arsenal 3-2 in what was a great game. Uh wasn't the best performance I've ever seen, but look at the end of the day, it was a good win, it was a good result, and it was a good performance, uh, given, again, as I'm constantly saying, the current circumstances with which the club find themselves in, um, they made, I guess, lemons out of lemonade, <laughs> So because they really, it's difficult, I guess, being in that kind of interim manager stage, which we still are to an extent, but I guess it was the interim's interim as uh, we're waiting for Ralph Ragnick to get his uh, workers' permit um, I guess, passed through. Um, so he's able to manage Manchester United. And yes, yeah, so that's now gone ahead. But essentially, what happened in that game, United went 1-0 down somewhat early. And there was a lot of debate around the first goal. Emil Smith-Rowe scoring a volley uh, from the edge of the box. And basically what happened was Arsenal had a corner and Fred, with one of the most Fred performances anyone will ever see. Um, like if there was ever a game, if you were to describe Fred, describe Fred to someone that has never seen him play before if you show them that game that will pretty much summarize his career since you joined Manchester United but essentially he stomped down on David De Gea's Achilles heel injuring him in the process and while De Gea was on the floor the ball came out Arsenal played it across and then took a rebound and Smith Rowe volleyed him while De Gea was lying face down on the floor a lot of people saying well he was injured by his own teammate therefore the goal should stand some people were saying fair, fair play they should have put it out or you know given United a goal from kickoff there was a lot of debate about it, and look, given the result, it now doesn't really matter all that much, but I guess looking back on that, at the moment, I was still frustrated with Fred, um, be, I guess subsequently what happened and how that led to a goal, but at the same time, I personally, I guess my any experience of football is, you look at that goal, it's not like there was a player lying down at halfway, and Arsenal scored a nice tiki-taka and thump one top corner, or regardless of what the goal was, it's not like it was someone down at halfway, it's like the goalkeeper of all people is lying on the floor injured. And on top of that, it wasn't a great finish. Like, yeah, he hit it all right and, he, you know, hit a volley on target from 20 yards out. So, you know, good on you for that. But if David De Gea is not lying on the ground injured, you don't get half a chance. He picks that up. Like, it, it was not threatening whatsoever. So, I guess in that sense, I think they took full advantage and they're saying, oh, well, United play injured him. But realistically, regardless of who injured him, he was down injured. And if he's not injured, like the only reason you scored is because he's injured. It's not like there was a player at halfway and you still managed to score a good goal and then they're kind of saying, oh, well, you should have done the right thing and played it out. Uh, I think the sole reason they scored that goal was the injury. So I guess my opinion is that they probably should have put it out or at least given United a goal from kickoff. I was frustrated at the time, but I was hoping the side would, I guess, uh, it would rev the team up as going 1-0 down so often does, and it did. Uh, So just before halftime, Bruno Fernandes equalized for Manchester United and assisted by Fred. 
Uh, and it was a good goal. And I think Jaden Sancho's influence, which I'll talk about a bit later, um, can't go understated as well in terms of his uh, input in both the first and the third goal uh, for United. So looking at that, I think it was good to see Bruno Fernandes get on the score sheet. It was his 100th game for Manchester United and his 79th goal involvement. Um, and they're massive, massive numbers. Regardless of how he performs, like you cannot deny the impact that he's had with that many goals and assists from within the midfield more often than not. Um to have that kind of impact at a club, and especially where we were when he joined, and it looked like United were going to miss out on top four, uh, is just enormous. So I guess really happy to see him score again because it was also his longest goal drought um, for Manchester United since he joined. And I guess look, we haven't had many penalties this year, which I guess a lot of his penalty, a lot of his goals do come from. Um, but regardless, yeah, really good to see him on the score sheet. Then shortly after halftime, Cristiano Ronaldo gives us the lead, assisted by Marcus Rashford. Uh, well-played kind of counter-attack. Rashford drills it across box, and Ronaldo gets a touch and puts it into the bottom corner. Scenes when he celebrates, and then we concede shortly from kickoff. It was a nice goal, but within, I think it was in about two, two and a half minutes max, uh, Arsenal had scored a somewhat similar goal when they'd gone out wide, cut it across, and then Erdegaard put it in uh, bottom left corner, much like Ronaldo did. And it frustrated me. I guess it was just one of those things where it's just like, you cannot lose concentration so quickly after scoring. Like, stay alert, stay switched on, let the game settle, give it another 10-15, and then get into your stride. But to concede a goal like that really frustrated me, and I was actually worried that... I didn't think we'd capitulate, but that we may end up drawing, or, you know, Arsenal could snatch one if it stays too all for too long. Uh, but fortunately, Fred's impact again, won a penalty, thanks to a nice Jaden Sancho pass to play him through, and then Cristiano Ronaldo converted to make it 3-2 Manchester United. And, yeah, that was the final score in the end. Ronaldo with two goals, Bruno back on the score sheet as well. And I guess a, another performance that showed how CR7's impact can't go understated. People saying, you know, he may not fit the new system or, you know, he just scores goals or he's tapping merge. Like, shut up, honestly. Uh, the goals he scores, he's yet to score a goal when Manchester United are already winning. Every single goal he scored has been from behind or when we've been level. Uh, and yeah, he is the definition of clutch and he's actually scored these goals in so many important games for United. So you've got to... I guess appreciate that, something which I do. And you can see how hard he is working. It's not like he's slacking off scoring these goals, but, you know, he's really making the team press fall apart. You saw it this morning, which I'll touch on. He fits, he works so hard for this team and he fits well into this team at the moment. And I think the more structured we become under Ralph Rangnick, uh, I think the better he's going to perform. And I think the better the team is going to perform because we'll be defensively more solid and we'll still have the goals coming in up top. So, look, the talking points from that game, the Arsenal one, Tello, uh, Dello and Tellers have. They both started fullback that game. Tellers had a couple more games earlier, which is already featured in, like the Chelsea match ahead of Luke Shaw, who was uh, injured. Um, but now Dello's been playing as well. And they're playing well. And I think the fact that they're both playing well, um, it gives a lot to think about for Ralph. Uh, it gives him a decision to make because it's the last year or so, or even more, it's been just Luke Shaw and Aaron Wambasaka, always at left back and right back. Um, and regardless of whether Dello and Tellers hold on to those positions long term or, you know, Basaka and Shaw managed to, I guess, fight for their place and get games back. Um, I don't mind, but I think the fact that they're both playing there, they've had back-to-back -back games and they're both playing well, it still threatens Shaw and Wambasaka to either, they can't take their place for granted, they can't just, you know, like they did under Oli, and like many players, I guess, to an extent did under Oli, underperform and still retain your position every single game, um, which is good. And they're both playing well, especially Dallow today. 
so I think, look, that kind of decision that the manager is going to have to make is good and it's going to force the best out of all the players because they need to be competing for spots. That's why you're at Manchester United. It's why we're such a big club and it's how you've got to be competing for titles. All the players need to be competing against one another for those positions and pushing each other to be better, which hasn't really happened in the last year, year and a half. So... Again, that game against Arsenal, looking at Fred, like I kind of discussed, it was the most Fred performance ever. And it's just the inconsistencies from him. I guess, again, pretty much since he joined, started really slowly, kind of picked up, then has had so many dips in form that I genuinely lost count. But he lost the ball a tremendous amount of times in that first half. He injured De Gea, which subsequently led to the goal, even though I think Arsenal should have not, you know, given United a goal because I don't think it should have really counted. Um... He then assisted a goal for Bruno and then won the penalty, which Ronaldo converted. So I guess in 90 minutes, the man went from zero to hero uh, very, very, very quickly. So that impact from him, I'm hoping under Ralph, because Fred is such an adrenaline junkie, like he just works nonstop for 90 minutes, but he can often be a headless chook in a poor system. I'm hoping with the press, which we saw this morning, which again, like I've said, I'll touch on, I'm really hoping that Fred can kind of get his... his uh, get his game together and really sit uh, fit within this system as opposed to constantly kind of trying to just sprint for the sake of sprinting. I want him to fit within the system and I want him to actually work for Manchester United and become like a staple part of the team because when he is good, he is brilliant. It's just that we don't see that player every single game. It's very, very sporadically. Um, also looking at that game, Jaden Sancho, I'm really, really happy with how he's performing at the moment, pretty much since Oli left. Um, there were a few games under Oli which he actually still played really well, but he was not quite himself. Then his first game under Carrick against VRL, he scored the second goal, which was his first goal for United. Then the goal against Chelsea in the last game prior to Arsenal. And again, this game, he didn't score assists. I guess he had two pre-assists, you could call them, um, in which he played Fred through for the assist to Bruno, and he also played Fred through for the penalty, which he won. And his impact on that game, regardless of whether it says goals or assists or not, he was very, very good. He played well. He looked threatening. He created chances. He was dangerous. And that's exactly what United have bought him for. So I think he seems to have settled in a lot more recently. And I'm hoping he can keep those performances coming because he is playing very, very well. So much to my surprise, Michael Carrick resigned from Manchester United after the Arsenal game. Um, and so almost much to my, also much to my surprise, Phelan and McKenna are still there. I saw McKenna on the bench today and I have no idea what they're still doing. I thought if anyone was going to stay, it was going to be Michael Carrick. And surprisingly, it wasn't. So he offered to resign. He said it was what he wanted to do. Uh, he actually considered it when Oli left, but he opted to stay just to kind of try and help steady the ship prior to getting a new manager in. And I think to Michael Carrick, I'll just say thank you, and I respect his decision. He did a great job as interim, and he's had a great career for Manchester United. He got two wins and a draw, and the draws against the league leaders, against who we were pretty much written off by any bookie, pundit, or fan. So I guess the results he got were massive. Uh, he got us the win against Villarreal, which got us into the knockout stage of the Champions League. And then also that win against Arsenal, which is quite important in the race for the top four. So he did a great job in those three games as interim, or interim's interim. And he's had a great career with Manchester United. I was really hoping he, of all of them, would stay around, but he hasn't. But again, just thank you for your contribution to Manchester United and also the contribution that he made both as player and manager. So moving on from that, Manchester United this morning versus Crystal Palace. And it was Ralph Rangnick's first game in charge. And it was a 1-0 win. It was a 1-0 win. And Fred, Mr. Inconsistent, scored the winner with a right-footed shot from about 18 to 20 yards out, um, which he hit cross goal and put a perfectly top corner on his weak foot. So, yeah, just speaking about his inconsistencies, today he was much better and he played well, uh, scored a great goal, and was man of the match in my opinion. So... I think the team is pressing brilliantly under Ralph Ragnick, which is one thing I want to look at. 
and essentially it showed today. It was a 1-0 win. It was solid. It was structured. And we, for once, we didn't really leak chances. There was one good chance, one clear-cut opportunity for Palace to score. Other than that, they had nothing. So, essentially, when we press, United just appear to be defending with a 4 triple two. So, yeah, four at the back, two CDMs, two attacking midfielders, and then two strikers. And I guess they push side to side and align with one another, and it allows the second closest player to the ball or the player that runs parallel with whoever is pressing the ball to come and support. And you saw it early on, the first half especially, the press was relentless. Uh, and United just suffocated Crystal Palace who often, or who try to play out of the back. So you saw, I think, in the first 10 or so minutes, Crystal Palace trying to play out the back, United winning the ball back, looking to create chances, and it was good. Given that the manager had had one and a half training sessions, um, I think he did really, really well in terms of getting United to defend well this game. Because... This is a side that has been so poorly drilled recently in the last couple of years. Uh, I thought it was going to take a bit longer for a press to kind of implement and work well. It didn't work perfectly, but it did work quite well and it was a great improvement. So it's a good sign of things to come as the manager gets more time with the club. So I guess the only thing that I would say was missing in terms of this performance, because I did think we deserved to win more than 1-0, uh, especially in the first half. It really should have been probably 2-0 at halftime. But I think it was just that kind of cutting edge going forward. Uh, the final ball to create the chance, you saw a couple of ones where... I think Rashford had a good chance, but he tried to take an extra touch and he got tackled. Palace had an extra, you know, did manage to kind of sit numbers deep and then win it back when we kind of looked threatening. But again, the finish as well. There was a few chances which I guess were saved. Uh, but nonetheless, I think it was, I would say it was, yeah, it was a good performance. It just needed that cutting edge. And I think it, like like all things, that will come. Given the amount of, uh, the multitude of attackers that we have at our disposal, that are quality or borderline world-class for many of them, I think the goals will definitely come. Um, and I think the defense, stabilizing that defense was definitely the more important job. And it appears that Ralph's on the right track to do that. And this is also without Rafael Varane. Um, without Luke Shaw, even though I don't think he should be playing over Tellers at the moment anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're definitely on the right track. And I'm looking forward to what the remainder of the season will have. And I think considering we're in the knockout stage of the Champions League, it's not one of those things I'm going to sit there and say, you know, we're going to win the Champions League now. But I think it's one of those things where we were written off. And I think... If Ragnar can have the the effect and the influence that we're hoping for and really stabilize that back four, which is our biggest issue, there's no reason United don't have the right to go and compete for the Champions League. I'm not saying we'll win it, not saying we'll get knocked out, but I think we definitely have the capabilities to go all the way uh, if the talent that we have at our disposal is utilized properly. So I really want to see that. And again, this morning's game, Tellers and Dallow, really, really impressive. And again, good that Sean Wambasaka have that competition. Looking at Dallow, I think... Actually, for both of them, the only thing that frustrates me about Tellers is I think he has a good cross on him. He puts in a great ball, which we need, but I think sometimes he looks for it a little bit too often. Like, he'll just get it out wide, and the first thing he wants to do is always put a ball into the box. I think if he was a bit more particular about when he put it in, um, we may get some more chances kind of playing through the middle as well. Because there are times where I look at it, and I think edge of box plays opened up, play feet, and he just goes to whip. So... That's the only real frustration I have with him. I think he's defending okay. I think he's getting forward well. His corners are definitely better than that of Shaw and I guess what Bruno Fernandes often puts in. So, and Diogo Dallo, his run of a couple of games now makes me really happy because I remember when we first, I think it was, it was Villarreal the first time around in the Champions League at home. He got slaughtered by Dan Juma. Uh, he was playing out in that wing and he just got annihilated. United went on to win the game, but I was... Very, very, very disappointed with his performance. Going forward, he was okay, but defensively, he got annihilated. So it was kind of that question of, considering Wambasaka's biggest asset is his defensive ability, will Dello be able to slot in into that position comfortably, and will the team still be able to function well both going forward and defensively? 
Arsenal and Crystal Palace, yes, is the answer. He's done well. And I think for the time being, as long as he's playing like this and he's creating these chances and playing those forward balls early, which we often lack from that right-hand side, I think he deserves to be playing in place of AWB. Um, Because a lot of the time, his balls in were dangerous, his crosses were good, but at the same time, he's... He has his head up and he looks to play forward early and it makes us a lot more dangerous on the counter-attack and it actually gives us an opportunity before they, whoever we're versing, be it Palace or Arsenal or anyone, before they structure, it gives us a chance to kind of go forward, catch them off guard and look to throw balls in behind or create chances through that. Um, and there was a great ball he hit. I remember just dropped at his feet first time and he just leathered it with his laces, just like below knee high and it landed straight at Ronaldo's feet. I reckon about feet about 30 yards away. Um, and Ronaldo got the ball turned and we ran at them. So I think that ability to play forward early, which we really lack from Wamba Saka, um, can be a massive asset if he's getting minutes, looking more comfortable and doing the job defensively. And at the same time, even if he isn't maybe quite as good as Basaka defensively, you can still get a good rotation going based on certain games. Like there's no reason to say we're versing someone like a team that's lower on the table, someone like Norwich or someone like that. I really think that's when you should play a player like him. Um, because you want to be playing attacking football on the front foot and really taking the game to them. And I think if we're playing a forward press, like a really high press, it doesn't matter as much if he's not quite the asset defensively that Wamba is. So really hoping that him and Tellers keep that run going. Mason Greenwood is back again as well, and he assisted Fred's goal back from coronavirus. And again, he is a talented player. He's had a really kind of inconsistent season so far compared to the last couple of years where he's been generally pretty good other than maybe one or two bad spells. Uh, but it was good to see him assist a goal and getting into dangerous areas, looking composed on the ball, drawing in fouls. Oh, sorry, drawing drawing in defenders and drawing in challenges just to lay it off to Fred, who then scored. He's quite good in those areas, and if he ever gets half yard, you know he's going to hit it, and he's going to hit it well. So I think given Rashford's been a little bit poor lately, as has Bruno Fernandes, I think someone that can put that pressure on Rashford, because Greenwood can play out wide, and Sancho can play both sides, so Greenwood could then play on the right, and obviously also up top uh, next to Ronaldo. I'm hoping kind of forces Rashford to lift, because... Yeah, Greenwood did quite well off the bench today, assisting a goal, and it's good to have him back. And he's so young as well. Like, he's still got so much time to develop and improve. And I guess learning from the likes of Cavani and Ronaldo, um, there's still a lot to come from him. So looking at the poor performances, um, not many, and I am still very happy. But today, Rashford and Bruno, for me, were very subpar. Um, yeah, Rashford just he got caught offside a couple times. He didn't look dangerous on the ball. He wasn't really creating. And I was quite surprised when he got taken off compared to Bruno. Oh, sorry, compared to Jaden Sancho, that was the only thing that was, um, I guess, I thought letting... Let, sorry, the only thing that I think he got wrong during the game, because Sancho looked a lot more dangerous, a lot more threatening, a lot more settled in that system. I would have kept him on till the 90th minute because it was still nil all the time. But again, I think pressure on Rashford from Greenwood is good. I think Bruno was poor, and I think the way he needs to improve his game, he is a brilliant player. I love him to bits, and he is an asset, and I think he should always play if we can um, in the starting lineup. The only issue I have is that... I think he almost tries too hard to be that X factor. I know he has bags of ability and he has goals and he's assisting him and he really does have magic in his boots in the moments that matter. But I just think he needs to focus a little bit less on that 40-yard ball, that magic cross, or you know, being the X factor when he shoots from 30 yards. Yeah, from time to time, obviously. And I guess it's part of his game and makes him what he is. But he just tries so, so hard to be that player that it often comes back to bite him in the ass. And I don't want to see that happening because there were times today when I thought, you know what, we could have been a bit more a bit more dangerous going forward, and he kind of got dispossessed when we could have had good chances. So, again, with Donny van der Beek on the bench, Jesse Lingard, uh, there'll be plenty of rotation and chances to come So for both them and him, but I think Bruno just needs to keep the intensity up and really focus on his game and get those issues that he's had lately right. Um, so I think, yeah, overall, looking at that, if the manager 
had more than one and a half sessions, I think we could have done even better. And I think he did really well given the circumstances because it wasn't a lot to work with early on. Uh, when you've just taken over a club and you've had one full training session and then one session, which was apparently about an hour, uh, and then some analysis via like video based on how the team perform, uh, you can't really just go and, you know, I wouldn't expect you to just overhaul the team completely and dominate. So given given the improvements that we saw, it's a good sign of, I guess, the stranglehold he has in that dressing room uh, and his input on how the team's going to be playing. So I guess happy days. Happy with the Arsenal game. Happy with the uh, Crystal Palace game. And coming up next is Champions League group stage final match against Young Boys. It doesn't matter because we finished top of the group anyway. So I think we'll see a fair bit of rotation. Um, I think maybe Ronaldo will play just because he's back, you know, just bagging goals in the Champions League for fun and probably wants to go get another top scorer uh, award to his name. But otherwise, we've got young boys coming up. I think we'll see a lot of rotation. I'm not going to do a squad prediction for this one because I really... It doesn't really matter hugely and I just... It'd be too hard to predict given that there's a new manager in and there's a huge rotation in the team and even players like Alanga getting minutes today. Um, yeah, there's nothing really set in stone as to who's going to be playing, but I do hope we see a lot of rotation. So... Yeah, that's all for me. And I guess my prediction for that game will be, I'll say a 3-0 win for United, pretty comfortable. Um, I think we'll play a decent enough team given the depth that we have. And I think we'll be able to, at home at Old Trafford, we should be able to steamroll them really. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter hugely. So hopefully Ralph can just kind of refine his tactics, get more comfortable with the players just for the following games because then there's a few Premier League games to follow. But otherwise, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm out.